Welcome to the Partcast series, episode 71, Autism Spectrum Disorders, part two, interventions and practice points. The Partcast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. This episode provides a summary and practice-focused overview of the research available on interventions for children and youth with autism spectrum disorders, as well as practice considerations for professionals in the field. Introduction. A note on language. Two opposing approaches have been promoted as suitable ways to discuss the autism spectrum. A. Person-first language and B. Identity-first language. Person-first language, for example, a child with autism or a youth on the autism spectrum, has been presented as a way to emphasize that a person is more than their label, that they are a person first and foremost. This approach was developed to reduce stigma towards people with disabilities and has been adopted within the language of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Identity first language, for example, an autistic teen or an Aspie, has begun to gain momentum from the autism self-advocacy community as a way of reclaiming identity. This approach has been discussed as a way to emphasize that autism is considered central to one's personhood. Autism spectrum disorders, ASD or ASDs, are complex and frequently misunderstood neurodevelopmental conditions. At their core, ASDs are attributed to differences in brain wiring. These differences impact individuals' development, learning, and behavior in a variety of ways. The autism spectrum can also be viewed as an alternate cognitive style or a different way of seeing and reacting to the world. For information on the development of children on the autism spectrum, the well-being of children and youth with autism, and an overview of societal and social barriers experienced by young people on the spectrum, please refer to the previous episode of the Parkcast series entitled Autism Spectrum Disorders, Development, Well-Being, and Opportunities. Interventions for Children on the Autism Spectrum. FAQs. Which interventions help children with autism? Are there any concerns to consider? There are many interventions commonly used with children who have autism. Some address core features of autism, and others address comorbid challenges like anxiety. Research is presented below about four intervention types. One, behavioral. Two, psychosocial. Three, medical or biomedical. And four, alternative. Behavioral interventions. Interventions based on the principles of applied behavioral analysis, or ABA, are considered best practices for teaching skills to preschool and school-aged children with autism. ABA-based programs should use positive behavioral techniques like rewards and praise to teach skills. Severe punishments and harsh consequences are not appropriate teaching methods. For toddlers and adolescents, traditional ABA programs are sometimes less effective and may need to be adapted to meet the unique developmental needs of children in these age groups. For example, training parents to deliver ABA-based interventions may be more appropriate than therapist-delivered interventions for infants and young toddlers with autism. A broad range of specialized developmental services like speech-language pathology and occupational therapy can also be based on positive behavioral principles. Psychosocial interventions. Psychosocial interventions include a broad range of programs including social skills groups, 
mental health therapies, and other similar programs designed to support the social participation, skills, and or well-being of children and youth on the spectrum. These interventions can be, but are not necessarily based on behavioral principles. Given that children and youth with autism have higher than expected rates of mental illnesses, suitable mental health therapies are important. Depending on a youth's verbal abilities and or developmental level, mainstream mental health services might be appropriate. In other cases, services may need to be adapted to be more autism-friendly. Pharmaceutical or medical interventions. Currently, no pharmaceutical or medical interventions treat the core features of autism. There are also some ethical concerns about treating core autism features with medication, which may not be appropriate given that ASD is increasingly seen as a brain difference and not a disease. Pharmaceutical interventions are available, however, to treat associated concerns in autism like irritability, hyperactivity, compulsions, sleep issues, and mood disorders. Antipsychotic medications are particularly heavily prescribed for youth with autism. There are concerns about the use and long-term impact of these medications, including side effects such as obesity. Obesity occurs more frequently in youth with autism than in youth without autism. Caution and medical monitoring are needed for these medications. Alternative interventions. Novel interventions are continuously being developed in autism treatment. These interventions have varying levels of effectiveness and varying levels of safety. Supplements and dietary changes are common examples of alternative interventions in autism spectrum conditions. The research that is available on alternative approaches like dietary alterations, for example, the gluten-free, casein-free diets, and mineral or vitamin supplementation tends to be weak and show minimal or no effectiveness. There is some evidence, however, that the supplements that are safe for children in general may also support the well-being of children with autism. For example, melatonin for sleep, supplements of vitamin D, and omega-3 fatty acids. However, more research is needed to evaluate the effects of these supplements on children with autism specifically. Currently, no alternative or biological treatments treat the core features of autism. Interventions claiming to cure autism should be approached with extreme caution. Other circumstances that might also raise concern with the use of alternative interventions include if a family is allocating most of their time and resources on alternative treatments and leaving little or no time left for more evidence-based approaches. If the approaches are causing significant psychosocial difficulties within the child and or family, for example, social isolation due to special dietary requirements, disruptions to the family processes or daily routines, or excessive parental stress, or if the approach is inherently dangerous or unethical, for example, chelation therapy. Methods matter. Evaluating an evidence-based intervention depends on more than if the program works. It is important to consider the research quality, program effectiveness, and any risks of harm. The research quality asks how much high-quality research has been done on this intervention. The findings of multiple studies are more trustworthy than a single study, and the findings of rigorously conducted randomized controlled trials are more trustworthy than other methods. Effectiveness. Does this intervention achieve its intended targets? Every intervention study should be evaluated for treating a specific set of challenges within a specific population. For example, an intervention cannot be effective for autism in general. 
An intervention can, however, be effective for improving communication skills in children aged 6 to 12 with autism. Safety and risks of harm. Are there dangers with this intervention? If two interventions have equal levels of research quality and effectiveness, but one is dangerous, the less risky choice is better. Riskier options should be used only when safer choices are unavailable or not working. The chart below summarizes the research quality, effectiveness, and safety of treatments from the intervention categories described above. Behavioral interventions, like developmental or behavioral therapies based on applied behavioral analysis principles, have moderate to high research quality, depending on various child and program-specific factors. These programs are generally effective for improving social communication and or developmental skills in children with autism. They are also generally safe with no major concerns when the providers are responsive to the family and are properly trained. Psychosocial interventions. Cognitive behavioral therapy. This one has moderate research quality. Studies exist, but tend to have flaws in their research designs. Some evidence shows that CBT can be effective for treating anxiety in children and teens with autism. It's also generally safe. There's no major concerns when CBT is provided by trained mental health therapists. Another psychosocial intervention is music therapy. This one has low to moderate quality, but some evidence supports music therapy for social communication skills in children with autism. And it's also generally safe. There's no major concerns when provided by trained music therapists. Social skills groups have moderate quality of research. And some evidence shows that social skills groups improve social communication skills in youth with autism. Social skills groups are considered generally safe. There's no major concerns with providing this service. In terms of medical interventions, antipsychotic medications like risperidone are a common example of a medical intervention. These have moderate research quality supporting them, and there is some evidence that these medications can treat irritability and compulsive behaviors in youth with autism. There are side effects to consider, like obesity, and there's other risks and concerns associated. Another type of medical intervention is SSRI medications. These have moderate research quality supporting them as well. While there's no evidence that SSRIs treat autism symptoms in children, there is some evidence for treating mood disorders in children and youth with autism. There are some dangers associated with this medication, like seizures, and some side effects, and some other concerns to consider. In terms of alternative treatments, chelation therapy is one example. This one has low research evidence. There's only a few studies that have been conducted and none are good quality. Overall, there's no evidence that supports the use of chelation therapy in children with autism. And in terms of safety, it is considered dangerous. It can cause serious harm and or death in children. Another alternative intervention is hyperbaric oxygen chambers. Again, these have low research quality and there's no evidence to support the use of these chambers in children with autism. There's also some dangers associated with its use like ear trauma and some ethical concerns. Other alternative interventions, specifically acupuncture, animal-assisted therapies, sound therapies or other auditory integration therapies, omega-3 fatty acid supplementation, and vitamin D supplementation, these all have generally low research quality. The, the studies tend to have major flaws in their research designs. There is limited to no evidence that these approaches directly treat the features of autism, 
but they may be helpful for general well-being and health in children with autism. They're also likely safe. There's minimal side effects observed with these listed treatments when they're used as intended. Practice considerations. Although autism is a relatively common condition in children, and children on the autism spectrum are more likely than some other children to come to the attention of child welfare services, there tends to be a limited focus within social work education and practice on autism spectrum conditions. Several researchers have highlighted the important role that social workers and similar child and family services professionals can play in supporting families of children with autism. Child and family service professionals can provide compassionate care to distressed families, offer practical support, and reinstill hope in discouraged parents. Practice considerations for professionals who support families of children with autism in child welfare capacities are presented below. These recommendations are a starting point to consider for practitioners. They are not intended to be prescriptive or exhaustive. Children with autism and their families may require different and or additional supports than those described below. In cases where maltreatment is suspected in a child with autism, child welfare professionals are encouraged to collaborate with professionals who have more extensive autism experience. Provide family-centered care. Families of children with autism who come to the attention of child welfare services may be under strain and or in crisis. Providing empathetic, family-centered care that reflects an understanding of the complex issues that families experience is important. Families may also be at different levels of readiness to engage in services related to their child's development or well-being. Meet families where they are and support them to address their most immediate concerns while still addressing underlying concerns in a timely manner. Consider providing referrals to parent-specific interventions like mindfulness or mental health services and, and or programs intended to benefit the entire family, like respite care. Embrace and help caregivers to embrace neurodiversity. Neurodiversity is a positive view of the autism spectrum, where brain differences are seen as a natural form of human diversity and not a deficit. Professionals are encouraged to challenge their own views of autism in order to address unconscious biases and to ensure that they communicate supportive views of autism to families and colleagues. Further, professionals can help caregivers to understand and positively reframe their child's autism into a neurodiversity lens. Parents sometimes feel blamed or responsible for their child's autism. Societal stigma and common misunderstandings of autism can cause further feelings of distress and shame in families. Professionals can help parents to understand that no single action that they took or did not take caused their child's autism, and that autism is a natural part of human diversity. Similarly, professionals can help parents to understand how their child's autism impacts their development and their behavior in order to promote appropriate expectations of the child and appropriate discipline measures. Support service system navigation. In Canada, provinces and territories are responsible for the funding of services for children and youth with autism. In theory, a child should be connected with a variety of publicly funded services upon receiving a diagnosis of autism by a, care, a healthcare provider. However, disjointed service systems, long wait lists, inadequate funding, and other issues make it difficult for families to access appropriate and timely support. Delays in service and or poor quality services can cause distress and strain in families. Professionals who work in child and family services should become familiar with their local autism services and help families to access, navigate, and engage with these systems. 
Prioritize evidence-based practices. Difficulties in accessing publicly funded services, misconceptions about the nature of autism, and other circumstances can lead families to seek out alternative therapies and treatments. These treatments are of varying levels of effectiveness, and some treatments can pose serious risks of harm to children. If practitioners have concerns about the interventions that caregivers are or are not using with their child, they should rely on the best available evidence to evaluate. The best available evidence includes research evidence as well as workers' practice wisdom, the client's values, and the circumstances within the individual case context. Professionals who work with children with autism should help parents to prioritize lower risk and more effective interventions and to avoid interventions that are more likely to cause harm. Advocate alongside families. At the family level, professionals can support the advocacy efforts of families. Many parents struggle to access diagnoses, have their child successfully included in educational and community settings, and or access appropriate services. Certain populations, for example, Black families, Indigenous families, or newcomers to the country, may also experience additional barriers when accessing a diagnosis or treatment for their child. Professionals can work to understand the priorities, struggles, and needs for advocacy assistance of each individual family, providing support as necessary. At broader community and policy levels, researchers and academics have encouraged social work to take more of a clear role in advocacy and research related to autism spectrum conditions. Social work has been discussed as offering helpful perspectives in examining the factors that lead to marginalization of people on the spectrum, understanding family systems and the impact of life transitions for individuals on the spectrum, and developing evidence-based interventions that improve quality of life for children with autism and their families. Conclusion. This podcast summarized the available literature on interventions for children with autism and practice considerations for professionals working with children with autism. Autism spectrum conditions are brain-based differences that affect how people perceive and react to the world. They can be viewed as a debilitating disability or a positive form of human diversity. A variety of interventions have been developed and evaluated with children and youth on the autism spectrum. These treatments target a wide range of symptoms and concerns. Behavioral interventions are the most researched type of intervention and are considered best practices in childhood autism intervention. Other types of interventions discussed included psychosocial programs, pharmaceutical or medical interventions, and alternative treatments. Practice recommendations for professionals who work with children on the autism spectrum and who are involved in child welfare services include providing family-centered care, embracing neurodiversity, and helping caregivers to embrace neurodiversity, assisting families to navigate the relevant service systems, prioritizing evidence-based practices, and supporting the advocacy efforts of families. As a note, the autism spectrum is complex and encompasses many subtleties that were not presented in this literature review. Professionals who routinely work with children on the spectrum are encouraged to seek more in-depth education about autism spectrum conditions. Information about the causes, involvement with child welfare, and profile of children with autism can be found in the podcast episode 70, entitled Autism Spectrum Disorders Supporting Children and Youth on the Spectrum.
You have been listening to the Parkcast series, episode 71, Autism Spectrum Disorders, Interventions and Practice Considerations. The Parkcast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a Canadian membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information on today's episode and to access resources, visit www.parkcanada.org.